Hey guys, this is Brian Keith with uh, Sons of Bowhunters. Today we're going to talk about the ins and outs of scouting a new spot during the spring. Alright, the ins and outs of off-season scouting. For me, that starts February 1st. Um... I I typically scout for late season in February because the deer are still in their holding patterns are still you know in their in their areas where they feel safe for late season after being hunted all season long. So I want to know where they're at. I go into these areas that I have already hunted before and I push farther I I want to I want to go deeper I want to know where where these deer are and if I find a good sign whether it be rub lines scrape lines good fresh beds fresh scat um fresh prints any any kind of congregational area where these these good deer are congregating um I'll typically mark it on my on my maps. Um, I have different apps that I use. Um, Onyx is a huge help for us. Um, and by the way, I am I'm gonna say us because for for me, I, I have a group of guys. There's about six of us that we we hunt together a lot. Um, so when I say we, that's what I mean. Anyway, back to topic. Um, I'm, I'm looking for fresh sign, even even a sign that might be weeks or maybe even a month old, um, because that's where the deer were. And typically, deer have it. Deer are creatures of habit, so. You're going, you're going to find deer where you found deer last year, but late season, they will move miles away to avoid being hunted. They know when the orange army is out. And I'll tell you here on Delmarva, it seems like this year, the deer just disappeared um i have a few friends that i've talked to around the around the state and the deer are just gone well they're not gone they're they're hiding they're 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 pushed back into these deeper sides of these properties that nobody wants to hunt because there's no access well that's what this show is about Let's get access. Let's 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 you you have to make your own access. Scouting part of scouting is finding the deer, but a bigger part of scouting is knowing what to bring with you when you go scouting. I don't take my weapons obviously because it's not legal, but what I do do is I bring markers such as reflector pins or 
um, marking tape of some sort. Um, and I will mark my way in and out. However, from the main trail, I don't typically mark within 60 yards of the main trail because I don't want other hunters to know that that is a huntable area. I don't want them, I don't want to lead another guy in to the space I want to hunt. I don't want that space being pressured. So I have to go by landmarks or maybe even some kind of marker that is inconspicuous, something easy for me to see. Um, I, I'm, I'm known for hunting old stands, um, you know, old wooden stands that, that DNR have knocked down, um, because if it was good enough for grandpa, it's good enough for me. So I, um, for, I'll typically mark my trail with, you know, a broken branch or, you know, a log I'll find something that I can place at the bottom of a tree to know where I turn off. Then I get into the woods, you know, of, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. And then I see my markers, then I can follow them right back to where I want to go. Um, this year, this this past year, my father and I, found some great areas um we the the problem with them are they were already marked there's there's people already there now me I'm I'm a I'm a considerate hunter I don't I don't typically like to hunt if somebody's already got the area marked I don't like to pressure that area because I don't want that happening to me. Um, however, public land is public land. And, you know, you'll hear the argument from these guys that, well, you know, it's not your area. You know, it's not, you know. And then you have the, you have the argument of, well, I've already got it marked. You know, courtesy is courtesy. Well, that, that's true. You know, I'm a, I'm a courteous hunter. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, step in on somebody. You don't know if that person's already there, have been dropped off, even if you don't see a car in the parking lot. So try to find your own areas. Um, typically, I'll use other hunters' markers as a reference point, um, and I'll go way past them, way deeper than them. Um there, I've been known to walk 10 miles in a day. So I'll walk five miles in, five miles out. Now, with that being said, do what your abilities will allow. Um, you have to understand that you have to drag a deer as far as you go. And maybe even farther, considering a bad shot, um, or, 
you know, even if it was a good shot, they might run 100 yards. So you have to, you have to know that you're going to have to drag that deer, you know, a couple thousand yards out of the woods. Well, that's not so easy in hill country. Here on Delmarva, it's not so bad because it's pretty flat. Um, and we can get, we, we're, we have the ability to get carts and wagons in and out of places. Um, and I've got a great group of guys that, you know, come and help if, if I need so. Um, but what I'm looking for when we're scouting is fresh, fresh beds, fresh, fresh sign, um, deer scat prints in the sand or in the, in the mud. Um, I like to, I like to start scouting near food sources. Um, I like to start scouting near, um, water sources in the late season, especially I, I scout food because it's getting cold. The deer need warmth. They need sugars. They need proteins. And they're looking for food. Um, deer will eat five times a day. And with that being said, they, they water seven to ten times a day. Um, late season, it doesn't really matter as much for their water because they get they get water from the moisture in their food so they can stay hydrated as long as they have a food source um whether that be acorns and foliage from from low trees or whether that be in the late season they typically like crop fields beans corn um milo things like that um so those are the those are the kind of areas that I'm looking for. Um, you know, I, I'm all the time with public land here on Delmarva. <clears throat> we have we have a lot of public land that backs up to private land. Um, and on X, we have a tremendous ability to to find the the we have they show you on on them on the program or on the app they show you the the partials not only the the public land partials but they will it it actually tells you who owns the partials that connect to these public lands so through a little bit of research you know through certain web finders and search engines, you can actually find most of these people um, fairly easy. So when when I when I go to a property and it backs up to a three hundred or four hundred acre farm, and I other hunters typically are not going to go way, way back, but other hunters are not, they're also not going to be calling these people 
and asking permission. I, I tend to get a hold of these people, find out their history with other hunters, and if I if I make a determination that they have had bad experiences with public hunting, you know, with the public hunting their land or poaching their land, I typically will let them understand or let them know that I understand and I I try to apologize for the the inconsideration of our fellow hunters. Um but if they if they've had a if, if they've had a good experience with them, a lot of times they'll they'll let you know. And I, you know, I try to gain accesses from public or from private land to public land and permission to uh, track my deer onto their land in the in the sense or in, in, in the situation that I might shoot an animal and it might go onto their land. Um, that's typically my foot in. I, I, I typically say, you know, sir, I, I'm, I'm looking to hunt the backside of this public land, which backs up to your field or your, your property. And I was just making sure that if I were to shoot something on private or on public land, that if it were to come over to your land, I would be able to, to go recover my animal. 95% of the time I've gotten a yes sir no problem please do well with the meat I have been threatened um with law enforcement I have been threatened with physical harm from certain farmers um because of them having bad experiences with poaching. So it's a hit or miss. You you can't you can't get bent out of shape over either either way. So but that's part of scouting. That's a, that's a really big part of it is trying to find accesses to areas that are not your typical um access points your your gates and your parking areas your your wmas look for areas that are near food sources near water sources but try to gain access from a neighboring property if if allowed don't ever access property from somebody else's land without permission um the uh so I have I have a farm in Girdle Tree that backs up to public land and the the farm owner you know has had a big problem with with um crop damage and he I, I spoke with him and he he told my father and I that <clears throat> if we would hunt that uh, woodline. He would let us. He would let us access from his property. So we do that, and 
He doesn't want us hunting the field because he has family members that that rifle hunt out of the tree stands on his property. Well, for dad and I being bow hunters, that's that's no good as far as being on, you know, right inside the woods and having guns shooting any which direction. So we don't hunt that property during gun season, but we do hunt that property during bow season. Maryland's got one of the longest bow seasons in the country. Um, we're allowed to take numerous amounts of deer. Um, so if you guys are from out of state, I encourage you guys to come down to Maryland. Look, look at our, look at our properties look at our laws look at our look look at our licenses um it, it, it's fantastic um however with that being said we um just you gotta you gotta scout guys um put put in the time look for look for sign look for look for where the deer are late season that's my that's my number one goal with with scouting, um, finding late season areas. Being a bow hunter, we we tend we being bow hunters we we tend to um, be a little bit more adventurous than than your your gun hunters anyway. But I I encourage you guys to be really adventurous go out there try to find accesses knock on some doors shake some hands and and don't do so with bloody hands or you know blood all over you do it on the off season where you're dressed in normal clothes presentable clothes don't don't scare the the general public now most farmers they're hunters but you know the, the guy that only owns a quarter acre in the in the corner of public land, he might not be, or she might not be. So be presentable, knock on some doors, shake some hands, and uh, show show the general public that that we're not bad people. Um, always offer to to share the harvest if. If that's something that they might be interested in, um, you know, if you get one one person to to enjoy deer meat that might not have otherwise had the experience of, of having it, that's one more number on the the good side of of hunting. Um, we have a lot of activist groups out there trying to to take our hunting rights away. Um, so, you know, try to put a good taste in the public's mouth. Don't leave trash. Please, please, please clean up after you. If you pack it in, pack it out. And if you decide that you can't, then don't do it. Don't take it with you if you can't pack it out. Um, that being said guys I'm sorry this is more of a test episode 
probably not ever going to be aired um, publicly, but a few of you guys that I know will hear it. Um, thank you, God bless, and uh, feedback is always welcome. Have a great day. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.